0: The following podcast is a dear media production
1: hi i'm dr deepika chopra my passion calling and job is really all about blending together holistic practices with real evidence-based science to help people around the world cultivate more optimism, success, and resiliency. You won't want to miss this new podcast as you'll get to hear from elite athletes, recording artists, couples, and maybe even my toddler. So if you're into arming yourself with some new practical happiness tools, join me on Mondays for your morning optimism dose. Oh, and don't forget, things are looking up. Hey, it's Mariana and welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. You guys are going to love this episode. It is with Jay Shetty. He is so incredible. He has many things. He's a life coach, podcaster, former monk, and now co-founder of Sama Tea. I love his book, Think Like a Monk. If you guys haven't got it yet, I would definitely go recommend. He's got an amazing podcast. It's called On Purpose. And that's what this episode is all about. It's all about finding your purpose and fulfilling your passions in your life and how to figure out even how to navigate what your passion and purpose is. One of my passions in my life is creating products for you guys and making the products you actually want. And recently I asked on Instagram what content you guys want to see from me. And I actually got so many suggestions for products that you guys wanted. So many of you guys were asking for a summer fridays fragrance or perfume or something that smelled like vanilla or our other products and i'm so happy to tell you we were already working on it and it's out now you are going to be obsessed is a summer fridays perfume oil trio so they are rollerball fragrances there's three of them and they are limited edition so it's only out now once they are gone they are gone so you guys definitely want to pick it up while we have it so there are three different fragrances in here it is coconut wave crisp citrus and soft vanilla they are so incredible and what i love about this is i used to find like When I would want a perfume or fragrance and I was traveling, I didn't want to ever take a big bottle with me or if I wanted to touch up during the day. These are perfect because you can just keep them in your bag or your purse. And when you travel, it is amazing to take with you. So they are available now at summerfridays.com and at Sephora. So it's going to give you that Summer Fridays feeling no matter where you are. While you're listening to this episode with Jay, if you find it motivating or inspiring, I would love if you could post it on Instagram and tag us or send it to a friend who you think might need to hear this message. And if you're not yet, be sure to subscribe to my podcast because I've got new episodes every Tuesday and leave me a rating and review if you're loving it. Now let's hear from Jay. So I know everything you do from your book to your podcast is all about purpose. And I loved the book so much, but I really want to find out like your journey to finding your own purpose.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think looking for purpose today is such a important pursuit and I feel it's also a difficult one because it feels like everyone else has found their purpose and we're the only ones that haven't. And I feel like there's this pressure to find your purpose as well. We have this pressure that you have to find your one purpose and you have to figure it out now and you're getting old or you know, you're know, you young right now, so you should know it. And I think I experienced a lot of that growing up. And as my purpose has evolved, I've realized I've just discovered new layers of it again and again and again. And there's this beautiful metaphor or story about Michelangelo and how Michelangelo would say that the sculpture was always there. When people would say to him, how do you create these beautiful sculptures? He would say the sculpture was already there in the marble or the piece of rock or the piece of stone. And he said, I just chip away around it. And I feel like Finding my purpose has been a journey of chipping away and just doing what felt right and felt called to in the moment. So when I was 11 years old, I was really shy and my parents forced me to go to public speaking and drama school. And I really didn't want to go because I was so nervous and anxious. But my parents thought it would be a good idea. At 11 years old, I pretty much listened to my parents a lot. So I ended up doing it. And when I became 18 and I got introduced to the monks and ancient wisdom and started reading all these spiritual texts, I now found a reason for being trained in public speaking. I could share what I'd learned. I could articulate ideas. I could extrapolate things from texts. I found purpose for that skill. And Then as life went on and I started to work in coaching and the content world that I work in right now, I've just realized that everything's just been chipping away slowly. So the way I define purpose is when you use your skills in the service of others. So when you use what you love and what you're good at to improve the lives of others. And so I always ask people, what do you want to be good at? What do you love? And then how can you use that to improve other people's lives? That's how you simplify it and make it easy. I hope that answers your question.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think about that even for myself too. I think like there's a core of what I love in life and that's making people feel good and motivating and inspiring, whether that's through product or podcast or being an influencer. And so it changes and evolves in so many different ways. And you don't have to be Just one thing. And I I love that about your own life that you went from being a monk to being a podcast host and an author and a coach. And it's still the core value of what your purpose is, but through different platforms.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that, Mariana. I I appreciate that so much because I think I've I've really tried to be non-judgmental with myself and be experimental and allowed myself to become what my heart wants me to become at the time. So when I became a monk. Most of my friends would have said to me, Jay, you are not a monk. Like, you know, just a few years ago, you were out drinking and partying and experimenting and doing all the rest of it. And now all of a sudden, you want to be a monk. So most of my friends at that time would have said, Jay, you're not spiritual at all. And it's really funny now that the majority of people know me as someone who lived as a monk and I practice meditation daily. And it's, of course, the foundation of my life and who I am. But now, when I get excited about media or get excited about something, people say, Well, Jay, you're spiritual. Why would you be excited about things that are strategic and business led? And what I've realized is I'm just trying to allow myself to be more of everything I am and allowing myself to accept all of who I am because I've realized that I love being spiritual and strategic. I love being assertive and affectionate. I love being kind and focused. I love being ambitious and accepting. I've realized that I'm a lot more layered. And I really believe that if we all looked at ourselves, we'd find that we're all layered. We all don't want to be put in a box. We all don't want one word or one job or one title to define who we are. And so allowing ourselves and allowing each other to be more than a title is something that we've all been given the gift of today because we don't live in a traditional world where your job title was who you were.
1: Absolutely. Because you can be more than one thing and you can be many things at the same time. And with you, I know you had a job and you were really unhappy in your career. And that's when you decided, you know, I want to be a monk. For someone who feels like they're not living towards their life's purpose, how can they even figure out what that might be?
0: Yeah, that's such a great question. And I'd say that There's a few parts. The first thing is to try and look for meaning even in what you don't love. So, you may be working a job right now, you're listening to this podcast and you're working at a place you don't like, or you're working for someone you don't like, or maybe you just, maybe you don't even like it. You just, you know, you're indifferent about it. And the first step is to look for meaning where you are because the habit or the practice of being able to find meaning anywhere is the muscle that we're trying to build so i feel that if you learn to find meaning even in a place that feels meaningless you develop the ability so even when i worked i worked at a large corporate company and i was a digital strategy and innovation consultant that was my title i didn't believe that I was going to be a consultant for the rest of my life, but I knew that I could learn a lot at this job that would be beneficial. And I didn't know what I was going to do with what I learned. I just knew that there was something that was going to be important if I was more curious. So I learned about social media. I learned about digital. I learned about innovation. I didn't ever think I would make content or videos or share messages. I just knew that there was something interesting about learning these skills. So I would ask everyone who's listening right now, to think about their job, their role right now, and say, what can I learn from this that might be helpful in the future? Is it negotiation? Is it communication? Is it about brands? Is it about a particular industry? All of those are great learning points and lessons that often you wouldn't get unless you were in the opportunity you have right now. The second thing I'd look at is I'd ask people, what are your skills? What are your strengths? Or what are you curious enough about to get good at. So sometimes we have strengths and sometimes we're like, Jay, I literally, when you ask me that question, all I can do is think of a list of weaknesses. I don't think I have any strengths. Okay. Well, what are you weak at, but what are you intrigued about enough that you're willing to put in the work to become great at? And I think in the conversation on purpose, skills and strengths are often missed. We don't think about them because we think it's all about passion. It's all about what you love. And I think that's misleading because if you're not really good at it, if you haven't developed the skill and the muscle and the ability, it's going to be really hard. And so either start with your strengths or think about your weaknesses that you are passionate and curious about to improve a skill in. And then the third and final step is what causes you the greatest pain in the world or what is your passion in the world? So people find their purpose through their pain or their passion. The pain is, I never want someone to go through this again, or I never want someone to feel this way again. That's why I'm going to create this. So for me, the greatest pain I saw in the world was people not living up to their potential and people not seeing their potential. And I couldn't believe it. I would meet someone and they would be so unconfident and full of self doubt. And my heart would feel so much pain because I'd be looking at them and I would just see the most beautiful, amazing, powerful person in front of me. And that caused me pain. And I thought to myself, that's the pain I want to help heal and solve in the world. I don't want. I want people to see in them what everyone else sees in them. For some people, it starts with a passion. Someone will say, "I love photography. I love fashion. I love. Uh, I love creating products and services. And I'm going to think about how my photography, how my fashion, how my interior design can improve other people's lives." So those would be three of the things that I would start thinking about. I hope that aligns and sounds useful and practical.
1: Taking a quick break to talk about some cozy clothes because it is definitely that time of year. And when I'm shopping and buying stuff for myself or for other people, I love that the things that I buy not only are great quality products, but it also has a positive impact not only on my wardrobe, but on local communities. When American Giant set out to design their flagship classic full-zip hoodie, they committed themselves to uncompromising focus on quality. So it went on to be called the greatest hoodie ever made, which is not a bad start. And today they continue to obsess over every single detail across their full line of beautiful wearable staples that are made to last. What I love most about American Giant Apparel is that it's local-made clothing, but made better. It's not just for the wear, but for the people and communities impacted at every step. And not only is it great for the communities, but the products are just amazing. They have a great quality of design, the feel of the fabric is so good, and the obvious durability of every element. American Giant really believes that local makes better and that every detail matters and that the clothes you wear every day should be beautiful and durable, They started by obsessing over every possible concrete detail from the materials and the construction to how you'll wear the finished pieces. And their product line has really grown well beyond that first best-selling hoodie, and their core commitment to revolutionizing your everyday wardrobe hasn't changed. Explore American Giant's collection of durable essentials at American-Giant.com, and you'll get 20% off when you use the code Mariana at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com, promo code Mariana taking a break from one of our sponsors because this is something that will hopefully make your life a little bit easier because every time I'm running into a store, I've always got so much stuff in my hands. I'm carrying my purse and usually something else. And one of the things I always have in my hand is my phone, which makes it very easy because when it's time to pay, why have to pull out your wallet or open your purse when you already have your phone in your hand? Um, PayPal QR code payments are now accepted at CVS stores nationwide, so it's super easy to make touch-free payments with your phone. Plus, you'll get $10 cash back on your first purchase of $20 or more. I'm always running into CVS to get something and I always walk out with way more than I expect, but there's so many of my beauty and healthcare favorites that I get there. So I'm always picking up my favorite drugstore items. And if you've used PayPal before, I've used it so many times. I love the app because it's so secure for any of the purchases that I make wherever I am. And it is so easy and convenient now to use PayPal in CVS and you're basically getting paid to use it. So when you pay at CVS, you'll use a QR code. It's just a few taps and then you're done. You don't have to deal with change, or pulling out a credit card and it works with a cashier or at self-checkout. Plus, you've got the $10 cash back first time if you make a purchase of $20 or more. So it's almost like getting everything half off. And because I've used PayPal for years online, I love how I could use it in stores now and I'm getting the same security. Get $10 cash back on your first transaction of $20 or more. Just head to your local CVS and pay using your PayPal or Venmo app. That's $10 cash back on your first purchase of $20 or more with the PayPal or Venmo app see terms and learn more about how to get $10 cash back, go to paypal.com slash For some people, they believe that their passion or purpose has to be their career, but I don't think it necessarily has to be your job because I feel like if you then monetize something, then maybe it takes the fun or joy or love out of it. Do you think that someone's purpose has to be their career?
0: That is such a great point. And I think you articulated it so well. I don't believe that your purpose or passion has to be your career. I would say that even when I started my passion, I believed it would be a part-time thing. So I thought that I was going to work my corporate job. I was going to work 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., which is the hours I did. Every night, I would come home. And from 9 p.m. to 2 a.m., I would edit videos and create content. And then I would post one video a week. And I thought, even if this helps a few people, even if this just helps my friends understand me better and people in my workplace understand me better, then that's perfect, that's beautiful. I was satisfied with that. And the fact that it's now transformed and grown and turned into a career, of course, I'm very grateful and feel very fortunate to have that. And I would love to help people get there, but I don't think that that should be the expectation or the pressure because often, like you said, you can lose taste for it. I I would love to give the example of my wife who, as you know, and and as many people who follow her on Instagram and YouTube know, she loves creating recipes and she loves cooking and she loves coming up with new ideas and new flavors. But Radhi realized early on that she didn't want to be a caterer or a cook. She likes cooking for her community online and she likes cooking for her friends and family, but she doesn't want to be asked to cook uh, for an event or a wedding or something like that where she doesn't know the people deeply and personally because it's a way she shows love. And so you know she's realized that that part of her passion can't be a career and she's okay with that because it really clarifies that for her. And so I, I fully agree with you and I think the pressure to turn it into a career often ruins the experience.
1: Absolutely. And then if you have a job and you feel like you can't quit your job, what do you do to kind of find passion and purpose in your life in either your free time or through your hobbies?
0: Absolutely. So one of the things is to take your passion into the workplace. So I remember when I worked in the corporate world, we were always trying to improve engagement in the workplace and help people feel more at home. I remember we started to have a bake-off every week. Now, I'm not a baker at all, but someone on our team loved baking. And so they set a challenge where every week someone new on the team had to bake something. So I obviously outsourced it to Ravi and got Radhi to bake with me. This is when we were back in London. Uh, but uh, she brought her passion into the workplace. It created a way that people could connect. I knew another person who started up a cycling club at work. Now, I know we haven't been back into offices for a while now, but the idea is how can you bring that passion into the workplace? I had a friend who was a photographer in his part time, but he now started to photograph company events so he could demonstrate that skill in the workplace. He could be appreciated for that skill in the workplace. So that's one thing I would highly recommend, because if you start doing that, you don't know where it could go. It was the same for me. I used to lead meditations at company events at the company I worked for. So I would lead meditations at meetings, events, away days. And all of a sudden, I was traveling across the company teaching meditation and mindfulness. And it was just amazing for me to see that that wasn't my day job. That's not what I was paid for. But it became a big part of my job. And it just helped me have more understanding from the people around me. Now, if that's something that you've tried or it doesn't work for you, it doesn't make sense, I would say that it's really important for you to join a club, a community, a class where you get to work on your hobby and skill. A lot of us may may say, oh, we'll make time to play that sport or make time to do this. I think we all struggle with time. But the three ways in which we stay committed to something are when we have coaching, when we have consistency, and when we have community. I call these the three C's of changing your life. It's community, consistency, and coaching. So if you're someone who says, well, I really enjoy painting or art, great. Join an art class or an art club where you're challenged every week to do something new. You have to turn up because other people are turning up and there's someone who's guiding you through it. And now you may not do that for the rest of your life, but even doing that for a month, will make you feel so connected to what you love. If you enjoy a sport, join a club, join an amateur league in your area, allow yourself to become a part of something bigger rather than putting all the effort and pressure of doing it on your own. So those would be some of the ways that you could extend that.
1: Absolutely. Because in my former life, when I was working as a TV host, I really wanted to create video content because I loved Doing beauty tutorials, but I didn't know how to create content myself. This is like in 2012. And so I asked my boss, Can I do fashion and beauty muse? Can I do a hair tutorial? She was like, I don't know if it's really going to work. And I was like, Can I just do it once? The video went viral. It ended up being a big part of my work there, but that gave me the platform. And then, then jumpstarted me being an influencer because I was able to do it at work and I learned so much from there at the time. And so if you are listening and you maybe want to try something new, don't be afraid of asking your boss. They might tell you no, but they might tell you yes. And it could really, for me, it changed my life.
0: I love that. Absolutely. And yeah, it's great to hear in both of our examples and stories that, you know, we really got the confidence and strength to do it through our work. And and I think we underestimate how much our workplace is seeking people with different skills and insights and passions.
1: And then what if your life's purpose feels unattainable? Because dreams sometimes can feel so big that you don't even know where to start.
0: I think our life's purpose feels unattainable when we tie it to a number or a picture that is about the result. Your life's purpose is actually not unattainable because a purpose is not tied to a particular result or target. So if I say my, the purpose of my life is to help people understand their potential, whether I did that for one person, 10 people, 25 people, or 50 million people, or billions of people, the truth is that I was satisfied every step of the way. So I remember when all I did was mentor 25 young men in my local community in London Those 25 men are really good friends of my friends of mine till this day, and that's all I had, and that was my circle of influence. That those were the people that connected with me, that considered to be their coach and mentor, and it was so fulfilling, it was so beautiful, and so I would say that the more we detach and disconnect our purpose from targets, results, and goals and numbers, and connect them to people and impacting people will actually build up more confidence and strength. I always feel like it's almost like if you can give one person amazing customer service, one person an amazing makeover, one person an amazing photo shoot, one person produce for them an amazing podcast, then you're going to be trusted to do that with more and more people. And I think when we can give our attention and focus and love and serve our purpose with just a few people, or just a few clients, or just a few companies, not only do we build the confidence, but the universe and the world and people build confidence in us. So I'd say that if you think it's attainable, disconnect it from the number, the result, the picture, and and build from the other side. And then if you're saying, well, Jay, I just don't think I can help anyone with this. like I, I just think it's unattainable, even because I just can't find the time or I'm not in the right mind space or I don't have the energy for it. Then you've got to really consider whether it's truly your purpose, whether it's truly your calling, because anyone who's living their purpose today started with doing it just for one person, doing it for someone really small, doing it for some, sorry, something really small, doing it for an early stage. You know, like we always hear that statement, like, you know, everyone who has a million followers started with one follower or anyone who's decorating the most beautiful hotels and homes today first started with one person's bedroom and that's all true and and when we realize that we only have to start there as well it takes the stress and pressure off
1: that's such good advice because i think we live in such a digital world where everything is a stat everything is a number and there's so much comparison that happens online because even let's say you're an influencer you can see how many followers other people have and so if that core of what your purpose is, is really sharing with an audience, it doesn't matter if you have 10 followers, hundred or a million, because your purpose is to do something and it's not because of the followers of people. So I love that example. When you were saying it, I was like, yes, this is even resonating hey. with me so much.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad it connects. Yeah. And it's, and it's true. I know it's easy. And, and I want to really say this with all the empathy and compassion in the world. I know it sounds easy. For us to sit here and have that conversation. But I'm, I'm closing my eyes right now as I'm saying this. I really mean it. Like, you know, I really mean it. I remember having this conversation with a mentor of mine when I first started this. And he said to me, he said, Jay, will you be satisfied if you coach a few people and it takes care of your basic needs? Or do you only want to be a coach if you? Uh, have have this massive footprint and massive impact. And I said to him, you know, I just, and I remember saying this to him clearly, this was like eight years ago. And I remember saying to him, I said, I'll be happy if I just get to do this. Like, I I just want to be able to have this impact with a few people that I meet. And I never even dreamed or believed that it would be anything more than that. And I genuinely believe that when you love a few, when you serve a few, it's like, if you have 10 followers and you take care of them, Phenomenal things are going to happen because that human connection is going to spread naturally. Uh, but if we're ungrateful and you know unhappy about the few people or as many people, and by the way, there are people who have ten million who think of them as just ten because numbers never stop, and so you know, there could be someone in the world who you see as really successful and they see themselves as a failure. They're not only looking as to people as them in their industry, they're looking across industry. So we think that we're going to get to a stage where you won't feel jealous or envious anymore. But the thing is that never stops. It just keeps growing and keeps scaling. And now you're looking at someone bigger than you. And now you're looking at someone who's bigger than you in another area. And now there's another thing. And so if you don't, we have to learn to deal with that mindset early on so that it doesn't actually completely destroy us as we grow.
1: Let's take a break to hear from Skillshare, which is a sponsor of this podcast. You guys know I love them. I talk about them all the time. And I feel like this is a really great platform for you guys to check out, especially as we're talking about passion and purpose in this episode. So, you know, every human was born to create. So whether you picked up a paintbrush yesterday or in grade school, it's really a great place to explore your creativity and be inspired. If you don't know about Skillshare, it's an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. There is so much to explore with real projects to create And you've got the support of fellow creatives and Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth Something I think we could probably all use a little bit of is more self-care in our life So jonathan van ness has the ultimate self-care playbook discover and nurture your centered self Another class that I thought could be really helpful is from thomas frank It's about real productivity how to build habits that last because i'm always trying to improve my daily habits There are so many more classes here to try in so many different categories. So no matter what you're looking for, you'll hopefully find something from graphic design, photography, lifestyle, productivity creative writing, and so much more. Take some time and experience real improvement with hands-on projects and classes designed for real life. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops, and an annual subscription is less than $10 a month. Explore your creativity at skillshare.com life and get a one-month free trial premium membership. That's one month of a premium membership at skillshare.com life. Now let's hear more from Jay how do you deal with distractions or things that don't align with your purpose?
0: Give me an example of a distraction or or something like that. Do you mean opportunities or ideas Mm. or, tell yeah.
1: Anything. So let's say your life's purpose is to motivate people, but then along the way, maybe a distraction is that you're self-sabotaging yourself or maybe you're not even influencing the people in your closest circle. And there are things that distract you from what you feel like is meant to be for you
0: yeah that's yeah I love that love I'm so glad we're talking about this. I, I really feel that you have to have a daily practice that reminds you of why you started and why you're doing what you do. And that applies to anyone, whether you've been doing this for a day or twelve months or five years or ten years, twenty years, and the why can change. The reason can change but you want that change to be conscious. So I find that if you look at a plant, really it's about whether you're watering the seed or whether you're watering the weed. And If you continue to water the seed, which is this is the root, this is where it started, this is why we're doing it, that can grow into a beautiful tree with flowers and give people shade and make a huge impact. Or if you're watering the weed, that's the distraction. So in the process of serving people and making a difference and living your purpose, you now get distracted and now you're watering weeds, but you weren't conscious of that. So for me, I regularly come back to my intention setting and my intention has always been, I want to serve humanity and I want to use my skills and natural strengths and talents to serve humanity. And I try and come back to that so much because, I want to keep coming back to the root of why I started. It was almost like, uh, I, I think I'm trying to remember this. One of my monk teachers always had a funny analogy because he uh, <laughs> he remembered one of his favorite things that he did. And he was almost like, you can't forget why you started. And you forget why you started when you stop listening to your own advice. Like you stop eating. He, he, I don't know why he had this analogy. I'm going to throw it out there. I hope it resonates with people. But He would always say to people, he'd be like, imagine you loved ice cream growing up, so you bought an ice cream truck, but now you stopped eating your own ice cream. You're going to lose the joy of giving people ice cream, right? And it's almost like that feeling of like, if you lost the joy that you once pursued because you don't do it for yourself anymore… So, I know that if I get so busy that I'm not doing self care, that I'm not even practicing what I'm saying. And by the way, it does get like that sometimes. I get busy, I travel, and I'm sure you do as well, Mariana. And we're like, you know, we're living hectic lives. And then you realize, wait a minute, I haven't even followed any of my own advice for three months. That's the distraction to me. And so, having a daily practice that helps you come back to your intention and the root of why you started, which means taking your own medicine, taking your own advice, I think that's what keeps you grounded in the distraction.
1: And you're talking about daily habits and practice. So what are some of your like core habits that you do every single day?
0: So my first habit I do when I wake up in the morning, and, and I call this a habit now because I've had to understand it's a step, is to not look at my phone. And that's been trained over time and I still fail at it all the time. But my... Way of doing that in the beginning is I would lock my devices in my car outside my home. And I started doing this probably around, yeah, eight years ago when I left the monastery and I came back to living in London with my parents. I would lock my devices outdoors in the car. So when I woke up in the morning, even though I wanted to reach for my phone, I couldn't, or my laptop, or my iPad, or whatever it was. And so that today has stayed the same because I really believe that when you wake up in the morning, your mind is just warming up, your heart rate is just getting ready for the day. You know, you're, you're just opening your eyes gradually. And imagine you let a hundred people walk into your bedroom the moment you walk up, woke up, you'd never do that. You'd never let, even if they were best friends, you would never let a hundred people walk into your mind and start telling you stuff. And that's what we're doing. We're letting a hundred people walk into the bedroom of our mind, and start telling us stuff without us knowing what they're going to tell us whether it's a comment on a post a WhatsApp message a text message an email and now literally your mind is having to go from being restful peaceful and calm to being full of news notifications negativity and noise so to me the first habit is not looking at your phone first thing in the morning and creating a real gap from between you when you've woken up when you look at your phone. Now, a lot of people say, well, what if there's an emergency? What if something went wrong? I think it's important to put things in place for if that was the case. So if, you, if there was something wrong, you know that you're going to get a particular message on one particular app. If there is an emergency with your family, you know that they may, there's going to be a specific ringtone or there's going to be a specific chime or just creating ways of finding things out and not opening up every app. So when people say, Jay, I might have an emergency, sure, then open up your text app or your phone app, but you don't need to open up every app to know if there's an emergency. And so being really clear about the methods with which you do that. The second habit for me is taking out time to meditate. My meditation practice has been built over time. It's two hours. And I do a mix of breathwork, visualization, and mantra meditation. Uh, Breathwork is for my body to really prepare my body, to calm my nerves, to to get my body ready for the day. Visualization is used when I have a big event coming up or I have something coming up that I don't know what it's going to look like or feel like. So I want to almost do a dress rehearsal in my mind. And then mantra is my connection to the universe, my connection with God, my connection with a higher power, the source, whatever you want to call it, something beyond myself, so that I feel that I'm being a vessel and an instrument of love and compassion. And you don't need to take two hours to do that. I do that because that's how I was trained as a monk. But taking out time in your day to set your intention after that is so powerful. So to write, what is my intention today? And I have this habit where if I have lots of opportunities, I'll write down all of them on a piece of paper and I'll write down my intention and reason for doing them under them. So if I'm about to choose to do a deal, for example, I'll write down, my reason for doing that is money. And I'll be honest with myself. And then I'll say, okay, my reason for going on this podcast is service. My reason for uh, doing this opportunity is because it helps me bond with my wife and I'm excited about that. So I get really honest with myself about why I'm saying yes to stuff. And I don't judge myself. I just allow myself to be honest about my intention so that I can recognize it. And I try and upgrade my intention as much as I can to doing things with love. Even if the reason is not love, how can I love that decision? How can I create love in that decision? So those are some of my daily morning habits. And then they progress throughout the day. But I think those ones will probably stand out to most people.
1: And I know one of my daily habits that I do every day is tea. And I know you just launched Sama Tea. So I'd love to hear all about it because I have tea every single day. It's definitely a daily ritual for me.
0: That makes me so happy. I cannot wait to send you the teas for you to try them because I always feel like, oh, maybe because I'm British, I'm a tea person. But uh, tea is definitely part of my daily routine. My wife and I, I I think she does like four teas a day. I do two. So I have a tea in the morning and uh, tea in the evening. And I've been doing that for a long, long time. I've done it a lot for feeling calm, feeling focused in my life. Also for almost creating like a nighttime routine to be like, okay, work's over. Now's the time to relax. Now's the time to calm. Now's the time to let go. And at the beginning of the day to say, hey, here's the beginning of the day. Let me, let me feel that clarity. Let me feel that focus. And for me to talk a bit more about tea before I talk about summer, you know, it's, it's really interesting how things in our childhood become really powerful and important even when you don't think they will. So I remember when I was growing up, both my parents were immigrants into England and they both had to work jobs. And so my mom would leave me at daycare and then my mom would come to pick me up from daycare and she'd take me home and she'd be busy. She'd be cooking for us. She'd be maybe cleaning the house. You know, my mom was just superwoman growing up. I just you know, she, she really taught me the value of hard work. And she was a entrepreneur. I didn't even know what that word was then, but my mom was an entrepreneur. She had her own business that she started so that she could be flexible for me and my sister. She did that not to make money or have a business or have a company. She did it so that her working hours would be flexible so that she could pick us up from school and drop us to school and, and everything else that she wanted to do as a mother. And so I remember that we'd come home from daycare And my mom would make us a little cup of tea. Uh, It usually would be like uh, a mint tea or a chamomile tea. And we'd, we'd have tea together. And that time became so sacred and so special. And it wasn't about the tea. It was about the time. It was about presence. It was about the feeling that I got from getting that undivided attention, that focus. And till this day, I've always felt loved by my mom, no matter how much time she had or how busy she was. And I feel like so many of us today are like so struggling for time and trying to make more time and trying to create more time. But the truth is, we know that that's a, we're losing that battle because none of us can control time, but we can bring our energy and presence. And so for me, Sama, our tea company represents presence and it represents being together and connection, it represents stillness and sharing space and energy with others. And so Radi and I, and and Radhi's family, I'll just share a bit about that. When I started dating Radi, every meal they finish in her home, her family will gather together and have a cup of tea together. So their normal question after a meal is, hey, what tea does everyone want? And me and Radi set up that ritual and routine in our life. We saw that Uh, the busier we got, we struggled. We couldn't always have breakfast together or we couldn't always have dinner together, but we knew we could have tea together. It was five to 10 minutes a day in the morning and the evening that we could spend together to connect and ask each other, how was your day? How are you feeling today? So We tried, tested uh, a lot of teas during the pandemic uh, while we were indoors, obviously drinking a lot more tea than ever. and We realized that we didn't find a tea that not only tasted good, but felt good and felt like we could share that experience of warmth and presence. And so we spent the last 18 months pretty much testing, trying, and uh, creating teas. And we're so excited to be sharing that with everyone now.
1: And What are some of the flavors? Because I love different, I have so many teas. I should take a picture of my kitchen and send it to you because I have like tea caddies full of like every kind of option.
0: I love hearing that. So I hope some of these are going to be your favorites and you can be honest with me. So what we tried to do was we wanted to take very classic flavors, but we wanted to enhance them and add an element, not only from a position of taste, but from a position of health and wellness as well. So some of my favorite flavor that I'm having in the morning at the moment is our jasmine peach. It's our green tea. So people have had green tea before. I've drank green tea religiously for a long time, but- The difference is that that peach enhancement is so special and so beautiful that it just elevates the taste and the scent. One of the biggest things for me was, and Riley was, we wanted the teas to have a scent that brings calm from the moment you're steeping and brewing and you walk into the room and you feel that straight away. So jasmine peach is one of my favorites. The other one for me is lemongrass and ginger. So that's one that I'm having every evening. As someone who talks a lot for their job, as someone who's like trying to protect my immunity all the time, uh, the lemongrass and ginger is a beautiful blend uh, that's making me feel like you know I'm strong. I'm feeling healthy. And my my voice and my throat is feeling soothed. Um, so that's one of our favorite ones as well. And what we've done is that in each and every one of these blends, we've added. An Ayurvedic superpower herb. And this is really Radhi's skill set and her strength in understanding herbs and mixtures. And so we have Shatavari, which is really great to de stress. Uh, We've added Ashwagandha, which is really good for focus and clarity. So each one of these teas and blends is rooted in an Ayurvedic herb and an adaptogen that helps create that feeling. And so for us, it's not just about a tea that tastes good, it's about a tea that's doing you good and actually giving you the benefit. And we have really worked hard on the taste because we wanted to have enough of the adaptogen and enough of the herb to have that impact and not just have it in there just to say it's in there, but to have it in there so that it really has the impact and focus that we wanted to have. So those are two of my flavors. Uh, That I love. We also have a chai. So, for anyone who's a fan of chai, Indian chai, uh, Radhi spent ages trying to get that mixture and blend right. And then we have a mint and blueberry, which happens to be Radhi's favorite one. Again, it's a classic mint tea. And you won't even taste, like, if, if someone's like, oh, why do I want blueberry in my mint? You won't even taste it, but I promise you will make the mint pop even more. And so, the flavor profiles have been created to enhance the flavor of teas you love not take away from them or or transform them completely.
1: I'm so excited. So where can everybody buy it?
0: Uh, So right now, everything is available on Samatea.com. So Sama is S-A-M-A-T-E-A. And we're not just asking people to buy the tea. We're asking people to become a part of our community. We really feel that Tea Time Together is a movement we want to set up. We are going to be live every day having tea at the same time with everyone who wants to be a part of the community. We want it to truly become a time where we have important conversations, where we share vulnerably and openly. And so we're asking everyone to not just, you know, obviously we want you to taste the tea and you get this beautiful sampler box that we've created, which is hopefully going to add vibrance and abundance to your kitchen or your lounge or your living room, wherever you're going to keep it. We've designed it to look like a coffee table book, but you pop it open and you're going to see all these beautiful teas. But we also really, truly want you to be a part of the community and be a part of the conversation. We want people to recommend uh, flavors that they're excited by, different functions and habits and benefits that they want. And so, yeah, is is the place to go and grab yourself some.
1: Amazing. Well, I can't wait to try it since I love tea so much. And because you are working with your wife now, I want to end on if you guys have a golden rule or something that you guys practice when it comes to your relationship and especially working together to adds another layer to a marriage.
0: That I'm so glad you asked that because this is the first time my wife and I have ever done anything professionally together. So in in building what I've done, my wife was never involved. She was you know, she was, she was building her skills and then in what my wife's done, I've not really been involved. This is the first time we've created something together. And I love working with Radhi because she is full of energy, spontaneity, abundance. Like that's who Radhi is. And so I benefit a lot from being around her and, and love being around her. And creating the tea was truly so much fun because we wanted something we could do together professionally. Uh, but our golden rule Which which took a while for us to learn. Our golden rule was to really value each other's strengths in the creative process and not expect each other to do things that were our weakness. So, I'll explain what I mean by that. Radhi is an expert in herbs and blends and knowing how to enhance flavors. Like, she's truly a potion master and magician when it comes to this stuff. I'm not. I'm someone who likes to taste tea and can tell whether I like the taste of something I don't. I'm pretty simple when it comes to taste, whereas Ravi really understands flavor profiles. But When it comes to uh, looking at the uh, strategy, when it looks at the business development, when it looks at the the operations and things like that, those are things that are my strength based on my background and they're not Ravi's. If we were having meetings about those things, I didn't demand Riley to be there. I didn't expect her to understand everything. I didn't expect her to figure it all out. And when she was talking about all these herbs that I've never even heard of, she wasn't expecting me to be there. And I think valuing each other's strengths and not judging each other's weaknesses has really allowed us to, to keep that uh, sacredness in building something that we care about.
1: Amazing. Well, I think you do such an amazing job at serving your life's purpose because Digitally through your book, podcast, everywhere I follow you, I feel like I learned so much from you. So I hope everybody loved this episode because I thought it was so helpful.
0: Mariana, that's so kind, and the feeling is very mutual. Like you know, I like we said, we've had so many mutual friends. Uh, Everything you do is just so elegant and graceful, and and true to who you are. And I think you know, I, I love that. There's, I love that you're supporting, and I I don't want to be honest about that. Like I I love. And I'm appreciating you for supporting us in our new endeavors uh, because I, I want everyone to listen to hear that you know there's, there's collaboration, there's love, there's support and energy. And that's what we all need in the world, support for all of us to be who we truly are and allow ourselves to express ourselves. And uh, you know, for us, Samati was our way of being a part of your day and warming it up from the inside out. You know, Radhi and I create so much content and words and books and podcasts and it's digital and it's there but we wanted to give you something that's in your home that makes you feel excited and joyful every day so thank you mariana for letting us share this with your incredible community with your incredible audience and the people that listen to you Uh, i I couldn't be more grateful and and i thank you for how you show up in the world and how you've let me show up today
1: you're so kind thank you so much jay thanks mariana